Welcome to Artistic Beginnings. I'm Mitch. And I'm Melody. We're siblings who grew up working in the entertainment industry and were deeply impacted by the arts. I'm a professional actor, singer, and dancer working in Los Angeles and New York, still pursuing an artistic career. I, on the other hand, am no longer pursuing that career. I went on to become a researcher, though I'm still involved in the creative industry. Artistic Beginnings is all about the winding artistic paths that creatives follow in their lives. We share these inspirational stories with you so that you can learn and grow as a creative. So let's get into it. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Glad that you came back for another episode with Brian. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. Hey, Mel. Oh, yes? You, you want to know something that the three of us all have in common? Oh, God. Uh, sure. So the three of us, Brian, yourself, and I, have all been <laughs> in the production of Annie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, yeah, and some other fun connection <laughs> should we go through, is that should we go through the rule, the roles that we play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but before we go through the roles, I'd like to also say that I've got a special connection with, uh, between me and Brian, and you also have a special connection between you and Brian. So maybe let's, what's your special connection so with? What, what's your special connection with Brian? Oh my, I, is there a right and wrong answer to this? There are no wrong answers. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I don't uh, the dog well like we had a really fun time yeah you actually Annie. worked in the same production yes right? yeah we right? worked, yeah okay. we worked in the same production uh he was the handler for my Sandy when I played Annie and we had a sleepover which was really fun with Mikey um the the dog who played our Sandy oh that's also a connection that that you and I have we have sleepovers all the time we do yeah <laughs> yes sibling sleepovers what's your what's your connection mitch i'm very i'm really curious to hear <laughs> so so brian he he works with the the animals right that's what this episode is about he's yeah actually about... the trainer for mm -hmm. a number and... of these go ahead but you sorry i cut you off so you can continue oh, yeah i was just gonna add with bill berloni but yeah yes yes and bill berloni who is another topic of this this episode um, he worked with the, the dog from Annie and mm -hmm. in, in my production of Annie, mm -hmm. I played the dog. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that you and, did. And you played, you played Sandy. <laughs> and, and I sang in, in the show. I sang the song tomorrow with, with the Annie as did the dog. Really? As the dog. Yes. You sang a lot. I thought you just sat there. Nope. Cause mom <laughs> felt really bad that I was the dog. <laughs> So she let tomorrow? me sing tomorrow with Annie and oh give hope God. to the elementary school kids that I was performing for That's as a freaking dog. Incredible. I didn't know that. I thought you were just, you just sat there. Nope. Oh, wow. That makes it better. Hmm. Yeah. Well, now that we've got that out in the air, let's go yeah. ahead and just jump into the episode and hear some more great stories from Brian. So Annie, of course has the bald guy, the mean lady, the pretty blonde, the kids. <laughs> but there's also Sandy, her friend, Sandy the dog. Now, uh, Sandy was originally this, like, mutt in the comic strip as it was being written. And then, you know, the creators, Martin Sharnan, Tom, Tom Meehan, and Charles Strauss, as they were writing the show originally in the mid-70s at the Goodspeed Opera House in Connecticut, they realized, well, we can't do the show without 
Sandy without the dog. And it's a great opportunity in the show, you know, lights up and we see Annie taking care of all the orphans, taking care of Molly. Mm -hmm. But then she very quickly runs away and we have to see her defend herself and take care of someone else and change someone else's life, which she eventually changes the lives of everyone she touches throughout the whole show. So enter Bill Berloni, who is now like the guy to train animals for the Broadway, Mm -hmm. the Broadway stage. Bill was 19 years old. He was an apprentice at the Goodspeed Opera House in Connecticut. He grew up in the Connecticut area and really wanted to be a performer. And he thought, oh, well, if I start working at the Goodspeed, someone will notice me and see that I'm bound for the stage. Mm -hmm. So that's exactly what he was doing. He was interning at the Goodspeed. He was in the scene shop one day. And it happened to be the season that they were producing Annie. And all of a sudden, he got a call to go sit in the big chair, you know, in the office. And it was Michael Price who was running the good speed at that point. And he said, hey, kid, you want your equity card? And Bill thought, oh, my God, they've seen my potential. I've just been mm-hmm. painting, painting flats <laughs> out by the river, and they see that I, I need to be on stage. It was a trick. It was absolutely a trick. <laughs> they had asked everyone in the building to find a dog to play Sandy and nobody wanted it. It wasn't props department. It wasn't casting. It wasn't stage management. It wasn't the dance Mm -hmm. captain who's supposed to find this dog. And what are we supposed to do with it? Because up until that point, you know, films had had dogs, you know, wizard of Oz obviously has Toto Lassie, Rin Tin Tin, but in, in theater on stage up until that point, Gypsy Mama Rose has Chowsy, but it's a dog who's just held. Same in, (laughs) you know, like Little Lamb in Gypsy later on, which is usually a stuffed animal, a gift that she's gotten. Anything Goes has has a dog, but also is just carried around on stage. Right. No true training involved. No true training. And their feet never touch the ground. Their feet never touch the ground. And you look at something like The Wizard of Oz, now it's done on stage all the time. But at that point, it hadn't been. And you can get a million shots of Toto... Because it's on a soundstage and you only have to get it right right once. What they were asking of Sandy had to be done eight times a week on stage. So Mm -hmm. Bill was tricked. Bill was absolutely bamboozled. Find us a a dog (laughs) to play Sandy and we'll give you a part in the show. Cool. Great. He'd grown up with animals, but he'd never trained a dog. He'd never done anything like this. And they were giving him no money to find this dog and to, to do this. So he started going to animal shelters in Connecticut because he doesn't have money to pay for a dog from a breeder. So let me, where do I find a cheap dog that needs a home? Let's go to the shelters. And he Mm -hmm. started looking and looking and looking. And of course, as always in these stories, he was in a shelter in Connecticut, not far from the Goodspeed, actually. And uh, it was a Friday afternoon. And the caretakers were walking him around. And, of course, shelters in 1975, 1976 were not what they are today. There are still some horror stories out there, but they're not, you know, the the cages weren't cleaned as well. And the Mm -hmm. intake, you know, we just don't, we, we didn't know as much about the animals at that point. But, of course, there was a sandy colored dog with ears that stood up. And that's all that Bill had been given as a guideline, because they were basing off of this comic strip of Sandy. It Mm -hmm. needs to be Sandy-colored, so it can't look like a German Shepherd. It can't look like a Rottweiler. It just has to be a mutt. 
sandy colored, and if we, if possible, ears that stand up, because that's the, the original Harold Gray design for Annie and Sandy. So as luck would have it, afternoon on a Friday, he's going through this shelter, and it just, he said it just smelled terrible. And, you yeah. know, animals were sitting in puddles of urine, and their own feces were caked on. Like, it was just, just awful. Aww. And he was walking through, and in the back of this one crate, this one cage, was a sandy-colored dog with ears that kind of stood up a little bit and flopped over. And, and he said, well, what about this one? And the caretaker who was walking through said, oh, no, 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 you don't want that dog. That dog has been malnourished. That dog has been abused. You don't want him. And Bill said, well, you know, theater's all about casting, and he's got the right look. Let me try. <laughs> let me try. So they let him in. And again, he just said it smelled terrible. <sighs> but this dog like crept out of the shadows and like sniffed Bill's hand. And in that moment, Bill said, I don't know if you will ever be able to do the things that are being asked of me to have a dog do, but I know that you can't stay here a minute longer. Mm. And he said, I'll take this dog. And they said, well, he's about to be put to sleep tomorrow morning. Um, do you have the adoption fee of $7? And 1976, there are no ATMs, and Bill at 19 years old does not have $7 in his pocket. He runs back to the good speed. He runs to his parents. He, like, scrounges every, every bit of money he can. He finally goes to John Ricucci, who is, was and still is the wardrobe guy at the Goodspeed, who was Bill's roommate. Yeah, he was my dresser at, at Goodspeed last summer for because of Winn-Dixie. He is Aww. a lifer. He's still there. Ricucci. <laughs> we love Ricucci. He finally threw like the last $3 at Bill and said, go get the damn dog. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was so sick of Bill like right. trying to find money. So the next morning, um, Bill went to the shelter and, and sat outside the doors and like fell asleep. He went at six o'clock in the morning because they were going to put this dog to sleep. Right. And he fell asleep outside the doors. He woke up like as he heard the key turning in the lock. He ran to the cage where that sandy colored dog was hours before and the dog wasn't there. Oh. And of course, you know, he's running through the shelter and oh, he's on the table. He throws the money at somebody in the desk and throws himself across this dog and says, I'm taking him. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's insane. And that was the original Sandy in Annie, like, forever. Wow. Like, he did. Wow. Yeah, he did the Goodspeed production. And at that point, you know, it wasn't actually very good at Goodspeed. The show <laughs> got some not great reviews. Well, you have to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they knew that there was potential and, you know, that hit song, The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow, which has right. kind of become like our anthem these days. I know that's my 22nd yes. hand-washing song. And, um, <laughs> and eventually, so, so Bill, at the end of the Goodspeed run, was stuck with this dog. What do I do with it? You know, and he trained it. As you know, Melody, Sandy is in maybe 12 minutes of the show, but mm -hmm. makes such a lasting impression because, again, we see Annie treat another creature kindly she she yeah. tricks the cop she tricks lieutenant ward oh no he's my dog nate what's his name oh my god i've never named a dog i don't know oh his sandy it must <laughs> sandy. be sandy because of his sandy color yeah. 
the cop is like, I don't believe you. Let me see him answer. Oh, my God. I just named him Sandy four seconds ago, and now you expect me to answer. And somehow there's this magical connection where Sandy responds to Annie. She tricks Lieutenant Ward. She saves the day. She saves the dog. And she also convinces herself, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. So Bill at 19, like, he didn't know what to do. He didn't know how to train a dog, period, let alone train a dog for a stage where the imaginary wall, you know, you can't teach a dog about the imaginary fourth wall. If someone's (laughs) eating fried chicken in the third row, that dog is going to look at the person eating fried chicken in the third row. (laughs) So he just started figuring, let me do what I did with my dogs growing up. And he would, you know, treat them with love and respect and positive reinforcement. You know, if you sit, I'll give you a cookie. I'm going to teach you how to jump up on me and I'll give you a cookie. And it was repetition. And it was, you know, sleepovers with Sandy and the young lady, um, Kristen Begard, who was playing Annie at the good speed at that point before Andrea, who was Pepper, took over as Annie. And even like the now, like the kind of famous NYC cross where the dog is on stage all by himself looking for Annie, Mm -hmm. we figured out how to do that with hand signals and cookies and positive reinforcement. But in 1976, Lieutenant Ward walked on stage in the middle of NYC and dropped a piece of bologna that Sandy then, (laughs) you know, 30 seconds later, went out and found, assuming no one in the big finale of NYC danced over the bologna. Exactly. (laughs) So Bill has figured a few things out in his 40 plus year career. But it started out with, you know, baloney dropped on stage and, and cookies in Annie's pocket. You know, some mm. things have stuck, Humble some beginnings. things haven't. Humble <laughs> beginnings. So Bill, at, at the end of Goodspeed Annie, the theater didn't want this dog. Like, this is a living thing. You don't put it in the props right. closet. Like, what do you do? Yeah. So Bill had been accepted to the Stella Adler program, Stella Adler program in New York City. So he moved to New York and he took Sandy with him. And wow. in the middle of a semester... He got a call from the producers and they said, we're going to the Kennedy Center. We've done some work on Annie and you still have the dog, right? And he was like, yeah, I'm in a, <laughs> I'm in a no dog apartment. So I carry this dog in my backpack, like up and down four stories three yeah. times a day. So nobody knows I've got a dog in here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he went to the Kennedy Center. Annie was a hit. Annie moved to Broadway. And overnight, Bill became an internationally renowned dog trainer. And all he wanted to do was be on stage. He was painting sets at the good speed. (laughs) He very quickly learned that he was much better with animals than he was at auditioning. And he opened Annie on Broadway in 76, I believe, 77. And that Sandy, Sandy did the you know, the entire original run of that show, the longest running dog on Broadway. Um, Only missing performances, never for illness, because Sandy would still do the show if he wasn't feeling great. Um, Mm -hmm. Sandy's choice, of course, not Bill's. (laughs) Um, He did have an understudy because the producers were like, you got to have an understudy just in case. And so he adopted a second dog who he named Arf, which is famously (laughs) what, what Sandy says in the comic strip. ARF, A-R-F. Mm-hmm. And Sandy only missed Broadway performances when Liberace invited Andrea McArdle and Sandy to join him in his show on the Las Vegas Strip. 
So, you know, suddenly Bill at 19 wow. years old is living in Liberace's guest suite in Las Vegas. Like, just think of the temptations involved in that. But it truly changed his life. Now, whenever there is an animal on stage that is not a prop, that is not just, you know, being carried on. And sometimes even then we get the call. Anytime an animal is needed to further the plot, Toto in Wizard of Oz, Sandy, obviously in Annie, things like there's a chihuahua in Lady Day. Bruiser (laughs) Woods. Oh my gosh. Bruiser and Rufus in Legally Blonde. Yes, of course. So we get those calls. We didn't do things like Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime because that dog just runs in at the very end of the show. And also the little puppy. Yeah. And Bill's mantra since the original Sandy was he would only use rescue animals. It's really one man's trash is another man's treasure. Anybody could have rescued Chico, who is the original bruiser in Legally, Legally Blonde, the day before he did. But they didn't. You know, anybody could have rescued Sandy the day before Bill did, but they didn't. Bill has this incredible skill, just this incredible way with animals to test their temperament and see their hang-ups. Because an animal who has been dropped off at a shelter, someone didn't want them. You know, whether they were left on the side of the road or they were in a family for three years and we had a baby or, you know, something has happened. So Bill has to see what their hang-ups are because we're now putting an animal on stage with a 12-year-old girl. Or, you know, you got to know what these animals' hang-ups are. But he also, in using only rescues, situations like Curious Incident, the producers wanted puppies. And there was no way that Bill could ethically... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there was no way that Bill could stick to his, his personal guidelines of rescues and provide mm-hmm. the production with a puppy every three weeks without right, yeah. going to a breeder. He just couldn't. So he said, thank you, but I have to pass on this production. So he, he yeah. passed on that. Good for him. Wow. So that's Bill Berloni. And he has a Tony Award. He got a Tony Award in 2011. He has a drama desk. He has every award known to man, you know, for his contribution to, to theater. It's, well it's really incredible. Well-deserved. Yeah. And he's so humble about it. And it really is all about the animal's safety and well-being first. He knows that he is helping to create superstars and these iconic moments. But if the animal is not happy, if the animal doesn't want to go on stage, like I can say, Melody, go on stage, stand on the center line and sing tomorrow. And you have to do it. Like I can communicate that to you. (laughs) But to a dog, if they don't want to go on stage, they're not going to go on stage. So Bill creates this magical environment between the animals and the performers where they don't care if there's someone eating chicken in the third row. They don't care because they love the person that they're going out to be on stage with. And they love doing the jump up or they love telling Annalie Ashford that, you know, Elle's trapped in the old Valley mill. (laughs) They love, they love the people they're working with. It's really opened incredible doors to me and and then through Bill, like I'm now, you know, if his wife is his left hand, then I'm his right hand. Bill's a lefty. So I can say that Dorothy, of course, his wife's name is Dorothy. Dorothy is oh, more important. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's just yeah. perfect. <laughs> Isn't it? Dorothy is the left hand, which is more important. But I'm I'm his first responder. I'm the one who knows wow. all of our shows at this point. 
And I've worked on five Broadway shows with Bill. I did Legally Blonde. We just Mm -hmm. celebrated our 13th anniversary of of opening night. Legally Blonde, let's see, Lady Day at Emerson's Bar and Grill with Audra McDonald. Bullets Over Broadway. My first was The Royal Family, which was a Manhattan theater club with John Glover, Rosemary Hess, Anna Gasteyer, like incredible people. Jan Maxwell, may she rest in peace. And then I subbed in at the audience with Helen Mirren. It's just crazy. At the end of the day, yeah. I pick up poop for actors who have better <laughs> resumes than I do. But and get paid than most and of I counterparts, get, but and yeah. I get yeah, and I get paid for it. And I get paid for it. But you know, it's again as a character guy, I just right. finally I played Sancho like three or four years ago. I played Billis in South Pacific three years ago. I wow. still haven't gotten my Cogsworth. I still haven't gotten my Marcellus. I'm aging into my character roles yeah. now. But thank goodness for Annie, because Annie is made up of character men. Every single guy on yeah. that stage is a character. So I've now played every male role in Annie, except for FDR, Warbucks, and Rooster. Because I've done, like, over 2,000 performances of Annie at a bajillion theaters across the country. And I worked on the new movie that was out in 2014 through Bill. I've also worked on The Wiz Live and Peter Pan Live, the broadcasts for NBC. Oh, fun. You know, Mr. Robot, High Maintenance, a show called Betty that just premiered on HBO, I think, last Friday that's got a rat in it. Yeah, I was the rat wrangler. It's crazy. Well, that's the other thing, it's too, crazy. is that you don't just work with dogs. You work with all right. animals. <laughs> you name it. Yeah, yeah, I did a snake at one wow. point. I mean, I you know, for Power, the star, the show on Stars, a Comedy Central like, segment right before I went to Goodspeed last summer, we had a dog, a tortoise, a bunny, like a bird. There was something else. A dog. I don't know. Wow. You know, Bill, I think Bill sometimes calls and is like, this is going to be the one Brian says no to. But then I don't. <laughs> <laughs> because in moments like that, like, I don't know tortoises, but Bill right. has a guy who is an expert that he will bring in. So in, in situations like that, he calls me the mayor, <laughs> where I'm the one who, like, shakes hands and kisses babies and is the liaison be- between all the departments right. and the talent to make sure everybody has all the information. So I'm not always the one picking up the poop. I'm, right. I'm, I'm kind Just of most of the time, most of the time, <laughs> sometimes I'm like uh, for film and television for Bill, I'm usually like his personal stage manager, making sure everybody is connected and knows call times and, and what's expected. Right. So, wow. but it certainly is a career I never would have thought of for myself. I didn't even know it was an option, but because right. of my relationship with Bill, I've stayed involved in the arts since the day I graduated college. Knock on wood, I have never waited tables in New York City. I've never tempted in an office. This is my side gig, but it perfectly marries my love of theater and my love of animals. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening. I just wanted to give you a little information about where you can find Bill and all of the amazing animals that he works with. His website is www.theatricalanimals.com. And there are lots of very cute pictures there too. If you just want to look at cute pictures of dogs and rabbits and snakes and oh my. Uh, Yeah, so we'll catch you next week. See you then. 
Hey, thanks for listening. For more information about the podcast, visit our website, www.artisticpodcast.com. If you liked the episode, do us a favor and share it with a friend. It's the best way to help people find our podcast and will help support the show. For updates on new episodes and content, you can follow us at The Artistic Pod on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next week. See ya. Is that the direction you thought we were going to go? Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) What, What was the introduction you wanted to do, Melody? I straight up thought you were just going to go, who let the dogs out? Who let the dogs out? Who let the dogs out? As the intro. That's that's what I, and I was in preparation because I was so confident in that. I looked up the lyrics so I could continue Well, the party was pumping. Hey, yippee-yo. And everybody was having a ball. Yippee-yo. Until the fellas stopped the name calling. Yippee-yo. Hey, yippee Then them girls... Respond to the call. I hear a woman shout out a who let the dogs out. I've never looked at the lyrics. Wow. They're bad. They really are. It's not about dogs. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> you, you know who actually told me? Dad. How old and I'm pretty you? sure dad is the one that bought me the freaking Baja Men CD yes, with that 100%. song on it. Also, that is a good, good track. It is a. I don't know. Maybe like I was (laughs) twenty-seven. For those of you that don't know, that is my current age. (laughs) Yeah, but not when you were. I'm twenty-seven, right? Uh, yeah. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I have to go from my age to yours. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that you were using your fingers for that. I one hundred (laughs) percent was. All right.